Hey everyone, welcome back to the Chronicles of Critics. In this episode, we are continuing our spooky season theme by covering The Nightmare Before Christmas. We also have a guest host joining us to help us out with our ratings. I want to say thank you for listening and make sure to follow us on Instagram to catch up on all the latest news and to even get your voice featured because we love to hear what you guys have to say. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back to Chronicles of Critics for our seventh episode. I am Caleb, and I'm joined with my two ho- co-hosts, Connor and Andy. Hey, yo! Hello, What's guys. Up, guys. My ho-hosts. My ho-hosts. Dirty ho-hosts. We're going to coin that term, our ho-hosts. Our ho-hosts. Our ho-hosts. And we're joined by a special guest star, Ooh. my sister, Miriam. What? I'm very grateful to be here. Let me come and talk about this movie particularly. Ooh. Yeah, we had to have Miriam on this week because this is like in her top three favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. So if we have a guest star... It's because the movie we're talking about is their favorite. So speaking of, tell us about your experience with this movie. Why do you love it so much? Well, I wonder if you remember the first time we ever watched this movie. Because we had seen promos for it every year on the TV. Yeah, and we thought it was like super creepy looking. Yeah, right? yeah. Like disturbed. In, in the promo, every time they would show that one scene where the mom said, what did Santa bring you? And the kid pulls out the shrunken head. And we were like, oh, that's horrible. Mom would change the channel when the promo would come on. And we were homeschooled uh, Christian kids, very sheltered. (laughs) Be careful, (laughs) guys, what you see. Yeah. Yeah. Don't watch that. I was the opposite of that. I was still a Christian kid, but I I didn't see this movie when I was younger either. I think my mom had the same reaction. Oh. See, my mom, like, let me watch it, actually. Like, surprisingly. Oh, like, surprisingly. But, um, watch Batman, too? But, <laughs> I couldn't watch that Tim Burton oh. movie. No. But, like, I got so scared halfway through watching it that she, like, had to run in and turn it off for me. Like, really? Like, wow. it wasn't a her thing. It was a me thing. Like, wow. That's wild. So yeah. how did we ever watch this? I don't, I don't remember. Remind me. We were in a hotel... And oh, sneaky. we would sneaky. always watch sneaky. TV in the hotel because the hotel had cable. Mm-hmm. And yeah. mom and dad were there. <laughs> we were all in one hotel room. Yeah. All eight of us. <laughs> 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 and uh, it was on and they were flipping through the channels and they said, well, it is Disney. So we'll give it a chance. And if it is too scary or gets too yucky, we'll, we'll turn it off. So they happened upon it, my parents, and started watching it with us and the key thing was it had already started so it was past halloween town yeah we came in when jack was discovering christmas town and it was magical and wonderful and by the time the scary stuff comes back like kidnap the sandy claws all that makes sense villain songs are always creepy in disney movies so okay and we watched the whole thing and at the end, mom said, oh, that wasn't too bad. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was enamored. I went out that week and bought it myself. Wow. Because I had to see it DVD? again. It was DVD. At that oh, okay. Point, yeah. <laughs> no, oh, man. 
Wow. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing your experience. I totally don't remember that, honestly. <laughs> I, how old were we at that point? I was think yesterday. I was 14. <laughs> okay. So I was like 10. I don't yeah. know why I don't remember this. Yeah, it must have been, yeah, I don't know. It didn't have as deep of an impression on me, apparently. So this was obviously like many years after the movie had come out. Yes. yes. Oh, okay. This yeah, was okay. at the point that Disney had... Uh, Slapped their label on it. Put their label on it. Mm-hmm. Accepted yeah. it as, oh, a Disney thing. This is yeah. ours. All right, well, let's get into our general discussion then. Just like random likes and dislikes about this that maybe don't fit into the categories. And yeah. just any other thing you want to get said about this movie. Who wants to kick us off? All right, hold on, hold on. Is this a Halloween movie? Thank or you. A Christmas you movie. That. Thank you. Is this, what is it, guys? That. I don't know. That is a real question. <laughs> so wait, Miriam, you clearly have strong feelings. Tell us what, what it is. Absolutely. Expert. That is the whole point of this movie. It's what happens when two holidays collide. Mm. Tim I don't know. Burton I think it was three. I was thought, did you guys see the Easter bunny in there? I did. Yeah. 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 Was it was an <laughs> Easter egg. Ooh. 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 <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I <Nice>. got him. <laughs> Tim Burton was inspired by seeing store shelves change from Halloween stuff to Christmas stuff in a day. And the things being like side by side. Like, oh, here's the clearance Halloween and here's Christmas right beside it. And so he thought, what would happen if those holidays collided? And so then he took the classic Christmas poem, The Night Before Christmas. He wrote that poem. And he rewrote the poem. Oh, that's right. Oh, the night before Christmas. The nightmare before Christmas, taking a bunch of things and then changing it for Halloween. And uh, there's so there's a whole bunch of references to it in the movie. There's one scene in particular. That I want to talk about because it's from the original poem, The Night Before Christmas. Twas the night before Christmas. It's when it's the end of the movie and Santa has been rescued and Jack asks him, oh, I hope there's still time to save Christmas. Of course there is. I'm Santa Claus. And then Santa does something right there that everybody I've ever watched this movie with turns to me and goes, what was that? Was he picking his nose? What was that? Interesting. Like, That's so funny because I saw that before. Like when I was re-watching this for the for the episode, I was like, I thought he was picking his nose. He straight up stuck his finger up his nose and went, woo! Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I'll tell you what that is. He's putting his finger aside of his nose mm. and up the Ooh. chimney he wrote. It's not in his nose. No, he went up his nose. No, he went up his nose. Maybe Tim Burton changed it a little bit to make yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they have a guy that's basically made of boogers in this movie. So. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, and one named after the booger, too. Yeah, good yeah. point. <laughs> no, because the line in the poem says, and giving a, a laying his finger aside of his nose and giving a nod up the chimney he rose. That's and what that Santa in the nod. poem does. That was a reference. Yes, because that's a gesture that means, oh, we're both in on the secret. Putting your finger aside of your nose. Uh-huh. We're both in on the secret. And there's another movie that has that in it. On the nose. What? Pirates of the Caribbean. Curse of the Black Pearl. The first really? one? Let me it has think. a yes. Santa Claus reference in it? No, it's got that <laughs> gesture. I feel like that's in more movies, though. Which yeah. part of the movie? Sure, that I'm gesture. Curious. There's uh, the two pirates, Pintel and Rigetti, and they're trying to find Elizabeth. 
and said, come out, pop it. We promise we won't hurt you. And he goes, hey. <laughs> like makes a face out of of course gonna... I'm lying. Oh, and then he goes, yeah. oh, and he puts his finger That's aside right. his nose and nods because yeah. now yeah. he's in what on the secret. What an like reference to that. Because that. it's a real thing. It was a gesture. He meant something. And it's in the poem. <laughs> That's what Santa does because mm. he's discovered. He's caught. And Santa, oh, he's caught. But he, well, he talks to him. And then when he leaves, he lays his finger aside his nose. Wow. Well, me um, and Andy did a little, uh, I guess Connor, maybe, yeah, yeah. did some research. Don't count me out. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? Of course I did some research. All right, well, let's, let's get into some research, some fun facts about the movie. Um, something I didn't know about this until I uh, read about it was that Tim Burton didn't actually direct this movie. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Do you know who told me that? Your wife. My wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's been trying to get me to watch this movie all week. It, didn't, it took me till last night. To, so to, Gigi's a fan. Gigi is a fan. Oh, all right. all right. Of the movie. All right. This episode goes out to you, Gigi. Yeah. Yeah. We love you, Shout Gigi. Out to Gigi. <laughs> she watched this one, guys. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Henry Selleck doesn't get the credit, but he was the director. And this was his directing debut. It was really? The first one he ever did. Oh. Yeah. Well, he did well. So it was more like this is Tim Burton's story and he had like the creative control yeah. but he didn't yeah. actually direct it Mm-mm. he just like came on set and threw a few fits and <laughs> kicked a hole in the wall yeah apparently like <laughs> well, crazy do you know what movie tim burton was working on guys batman returns batman he returns yeah he was uh, busy making the big bucks the big yeah, bucks. Seriously. <laughs> of this slow moving claymation you know i can't wait around for <laughs> jack skeleton santa claus to pick his nose in claymation wild, right? <laughs> all right yeah <laughs> two hours for santa claus to pick his He's nose santa claus slowly moving his finger up to his nose what was it? so <laughs> he got tiny little fingers you can't tell where that yeah, thing is no, yeah. you never know so me and caleb had watched a documentary it's on netflix called uh movies that made us great and show they, so yeah, good. great show highly recommend it they have lot of movies out there they just added new ones too um which is actually interesting because i think this is under the christmas specials oh yeah because there's actually two series it's yeah, like the, they have the like holiday movies classic. that made us and then the movies oh wait, yeah. it's, holidays. it's, it's called christmas. the holiday the movies they, that just, made us, yeah. they just released one like halloween like the new yeah season is that's like the true halloween movies Ooh. so interesting yeah i guess it's holiday yeah, holiday. Mm, mm. I think more of like a holiday movie. is what it is. It but, is a holiday movie. Yes, yes, it is. One of the I think weird weird facts that I learned from watching this was I think they had to go through what was it like one minute of filming a week as Yikes. they're doing the, the stop motion. <laughs> it's like um, it's like in Parks and Rec when Ben is like unemployed and he's making his own. He's like, I spent. Th- Two weeks on this, and it's literally like 20 <laughs> seconds. Not even, it's like five it's seconds. Just, yeah. That's just wild. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's so funny. And you know what? Another fun fact. This is the very first feature-length stop-motion movie. So, like, there's other stop-motion movies, but this is, like, the first feature-length. This is, like, the long, the longest stop-motion project at that point, at 1993, this was the very first feature-length, which I'm like, wow, that's that's pretty groundbreaking. That, yeah, that That's another... Like point for it to the reason why it's on this podcast. We do the best movies, yeah. you know, and that that's a pretty big deal. To Before me. <laughs> this movie, it had been like thirty minute things for all those little holiday things, like, like Rudolph, Rudolph, and th- because that's also why he wanted to do it in this style because it would be like those holiday specials. Another that nod. come on every year, but those you know were made way before then. Like this is 
this is a very outdated mode of doing things. Nobody was making stop motion at that point. Mm. It was a dead art form. And this rejuvenated it. There's oh, so yeah. many now. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Well, well, there's still only a handful. Let I me name a few. Gumby. Wait, wait. Gumby. Uh, I can name a few. Uh, Coraline. Yeah. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Isle of Dogs. Chicken Run. Oh, Chicken Run. You got <laughs> James and the Giant Peach. Was that Wallace and Grummet. Yeah. So you basically got Wes Anderson and then Henry Selleck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Tim Burton. And like, Tim Burton. Yeah. yeah I'm not sure who did um, Kubo. Kubo and you mentioned another one. There's been a whole bunch more. There's been Box Trolls. There's yeah. been uh, The Missing Link. Yeah. There's oh, kind yeah, of a that, theme. By going the way, on Missing right Link now. is the most expensive. Stop motion. There you go. Hundred million to make that movie. And <laughs> Kubo and the out. two or three strings, however many strings however he's got on there, too, <laughs> was hands down my favorite stop motion. Really? Interesting. Yeah, oh. yeah. Like took me took me by surprise, man. And then it tugged on my heart strings. Oh, then there's with all the advancements in digital animation. They make it look like stop motion. All the Lego movies. Oh, yeah. People think those are stop motion, oh. but they're not. They add oh. like little fingerprints on them and everything to make it look like stop motion. No way. They do that? Yes. In wow. Lego Batman, it's they're like, you watch, especially in the little like microwave scene, he's microwaving his lobster thermidor, and there's fingerprints all over the microwave <laughs> of the actual, like if it was the animators moving the That's Legos cool. around. That's actually really cool. <laughs> yeah. I, will, I will give them that. That's really cool. A couple behind the scenes fun facts. They, when they first started this movie, they didn't have a script, so they started with the songs. Yeah, that was the only dialogue they had to work with. Yeah. So, um, Danny Elfman made the songs. They sent him over to the animators, and like that's what they created. Those are the first scenes, and then much later in the production, they added the actual script, which I thought was really interesting. That's pretty crazy. This was also uh, Danny Elfman was not really used to making scores. Mm-hmm. He was in a band. He was in Oingo Boingo. Yeah. Oingo Boingo. <laughs> Which they have a really great Halloween song, Dead Man's Party. Mm-hmm. That is an awesome song. Really? <laughs> um, but he had never done movie scores until Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure. That's mm-hmm. right. He did that score. <laughs> oh, man. Which I love that movie. It's an awful uh. movie, but I love it so much. <laughs> um, and so once he did that, he was okay with doing the score for this movie. Speaking of, did you know that Pee Wee Herman is in this movie? He is? Yes. As oh, who? I forgot, yeah. Paul Rubens is the voice of Locke. Oh. Who's Locke? Which one's Locke? I can hear it. Yeah. I can hear it. Makes He's sense. a little devil-faced kid. Oh, oh really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Another thing, as far as like the look and style of this movie goes, um, the animators or the concept art people they hired would like run different artwork by Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. And Tim Burton gave them this directive. He was like, all right. Halloween Town is black, white, and orange. Mm-hmm. No other colors. <laughs> and he was also like, no right angles. Yeah, yeah. everything is like that. slanted or Twist. crooked, yeah. twisted. Oh, no cool. right angles. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably one of the like because my experience from the movie, like I never watched it until like I tried watching it at your house a couple years ago, Caleb, and I was like, I the the coloring, like I couldn't get past it because I thought that's what the entire movie was going to be like. Right. And just like this gothic black and white kind yeah. of thing. I'm like, I, I'm just not a big fan of that stuff. And from watching that documentary, um, I think it was the scene the you know, when he first goes in Christmas town, because I think they showed that a couple times first before 
they showed um, like some of the movie because that was the first scene they shot was when yeah. he entered Christmas Town. It was like and the so I was like, Wait a second, there's more color to this movie, <laughs> and so. And then after hearing that fact of like that's what Tim Burton wanted for Halloween Town, I was like, "That's kind of cool. I, I I appreciate that yeah. more." Like, let me when I watched it um, before we uh, recorded this, I was like, I mean, "Let me give it another shot and like sit through the whole movie and like kind of appreciate that aspect more." And I, I I like the movie even more now because of it. Yeah, I think it definitely adds to like style points to the movie yeah. and to the uniqueness of it. Yeah, exactly. Like those specific directives, like no no right angles. Yeah. What? Uh, that's yeah. very distinctive. Yeah. It's not normal. <laughs> and each realm is so different. Christmas Town is so different from Halloween Town. And then like the real world, completely different. Any yes. scene from the real world, you know that's the real world. It's extremely straight lines and boring. Very grid. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cookie cutter. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. they have anti-air mortars in the middle of a neighborhood. That, that was like that was. <laughs> are, my we, favorite are we going to talk about that, guys? I, honestly, that's probably my favorite scene. The fact that they had that, I was like, yeah, it was the Air this Force is base so right cool. Over there. That yeah. They have these like anti-aircraft like cannons <laughs> I know, in so the real wild. world. Um, little fun fact about me: like years ago, like when I was a kid, um, Christmas Eve service at church. I used to go to like a Methodist church, so like we sit in the pews. They have like the little cards to like write like your offering or whatever in. Uh, me and my brother would like take those and just draw during the Christmas Eve service, <laughs> and we always drew like missiles being shot at Santa's sleigh. Are you are you the actual Grinch? <laughs> really? That's what the Grinch does. <laughs> I don't know why, but we thought it was hilarious. We're like, I don't, yeah. So when, that's what it reminded me of when I watched this wow, movie. I was that's like, really funny. this is great. Somebody else had the same My idea. Childhood <laughs> fantasy. Yes, yes. it's so come true. A movie. Die, Santa. Die. Yes. <laughs> Get him. Take him out. Get the imposter. Yeah. <laughs> um. Something else. One of the random fact was that. Uh, when making the songs, Danny Elfman just got so connected to the character of Jack yeah. that he was like, I have to sing the song. I have to sing this part. I just give it to me, please. Like, so they've, they let him do it, but then they didn't like his acting voice. Speaking voice. Yeah. Just the yeah. speaking voice is, Oh, he's a little too wooden. He didn't have really acting chops. So they hired a different guy who was Prince Humperdinck. Prince Humperdinck. No Humperdinck. way. From, yeah. From, from Princess Bride. Bride. Yes. That's so yeah. Chris Sarandon. Yeah. Which I, I, again, didn't know that either until I did the research, yeah. but it's so funny. They're pretty seamless. Like, well, they sound very well, similar like, to me. I think all of Jack Skeleton's, like, lines are, I think 90%, 99% of them are, are the singing ones. There's only, like, a few where he's actually just talking, and that's very <laughs> noticeable. So I think, um, yeah, he definitely came, came away with that one, even though he got replaced, but. Yeah. I'm surprised they sound so similar. Like, yeah, I couldn't tell it was done by two voices. Seamless. Yeah. Um, all right. Any other random facts, thoughts? Hmm. Uh, do you know who Sally's voice is? Kevin's mom. Yep. What's mom her name? Alone. I don't know. <laughs> Ke- Wait, Catherine, Catherine O'Hare. O'Hare. Yeah. Really? Yeah, that's a- <laughs> yes. Is it really? Yes. See, I know her. I know. I know her more actually from. Uh, from Shit's Creek. From Shit's Creek. I just figured that out. That that was Kevin's mom from and that she was in Shit's Creek. Oh no way. Yes. I was like, you're kidding me. She was oh. I mean, obviously she's aged a lot. Look at the baby. Um, but it makes sense because like Tim, she worked with Tim Burton on Goosebump. Or not Beetlejuice. Goosebump. Beetlejuice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He likes to work with the same people. Yes. Yeah. I appreciate that, that. I respect that about directors yeah. when they create their own team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um 
All right. Well, one more. I have one more like question for you guys. All okay. Right. The answer is no. My <laughs> answer is no. It's, it's multiple choice. Okay. 42. I want to know like so. There's a lot of different characters in this movie. Which one was your favorite? Uh, other than Jack, which one was like mm. your favorite character? And I'll go first to give you guys some time to think about it. Just like okay. the random side character from Halloween Town. I don't know why, okay. but I love the Wolfman. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, like he howls at the moon. He's like. 364. <laughs> I, I, every line, he just like, I don't know, he cracks me up, man. Yeah. I, I think he's hilarious. <laughs> I also have a random side character. It's my favorite character. It's the vampires. Oh, those oh. Guys are I love, uh, they've got their little umbrellas and they're like yawning yeah. in the daytime. <laughs> the sun rises and they oh, flee the sun. <laughs> but I love their intro in the song. Because that's the part that first made me laugh out loud. Because it's just a room there, and it's a Halloween, 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 Halloween. And it's there's a room, there's nothing in it. There's not a coffin in this room. But then the grandfather clock opens, it's a coffin. And then a vampire pops out, Halloween. And then the couch opens, it's a coffin. Vampire pops out. That chair, <laughs> the back of it opens, it's a coffin. <laughs> that's three of them, and you're like... There's nothing else in this room. That's all of it. And then one more drops out from the ceiling, hanging from the ceiling. Wow. <laughs> gotcha. So surprising. Well, that's cool. Hilarious. I didn't realize that, that they yeah. were coffins. I totally didn't pick up on that. Or, yeah. But they morphed, basically. Yeah. I would say mine, I like, I I hate that I like him, I, if that makes any sense. But the mayor. The mayor. The fact that like yeah. it's a two-faced politician, I think, <laughs> is extremely creative. That's great. right. And like, I love how his face just switches from like, like being like ecstatic to like being like this worried, like, I can't do anything. <laughs> I am helpless. I need Jack Skeleton. And like, he's like that the majority of the movie. And like, just that voice change. It's just yeah. like, ugh, like you are exactly the epitome of a, you know, two faced mayor. I'm only an elected official. I can't make decisions by myself. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I just love that. <laughs> Connor, you have a favorite? Man, you know, what if I say no? <laughs> no? <laughs> Your answer is no. Wow. You don't like anybody? I, you know, I really like the dog. Yeah, I was about to. I was oh, just zero. thinking the I dog. Really like I zero. do love the dog. He's actually my... Like, everybody loves If I was going to pick a side character, I'd be like, ah, coming in clutch as freaking Rudolph. <laughs> Seriously. Just like, yeah. you know, swooping in, saving the day again. What a brilliant yeah. nose you have. You know what I hate? I hate the little kid with his eyes sewn shut. The ghoul kid. I yeah. cannot. Oh, that Oof. he just disturbed me so much. Little what, fat what kid is, on a leash, what, like. What part is you guys that don't in? remember? He's in no. like all throughout. I mean, this is like the first time I've ever when seen the movie. When they guillotine the, the pumpkin, he's okay. the one singing I, there. I, I, I was. I, I felt died. like the trick or treaters were cringy. The three kids, I'm like, oh, you oh, guys, the, we have the you guys are about kids? to rat Rats. on Jack to Oogie Boogie. Ugh. You guys are betraying Jack? <laughs> I love how invested you are in the story. Like, yeah. no, don't do that. No. Don't do that. Jack <laughs> gave you specific instructions. <laughs> <laughs> well, they cross their fingers, man. That's true, yeah. Mm, mm. <laughs> That's why you don't trust them. Yeah. All right. Um, well, let's get into the scores then. But before we talk about our categories, a word from our sponsors. What's this? What's this? We're here to tell you about an incredible scientific breakthrough. What's this? 
I suffer from chronic sleeplessness and an overbearing scientist. I used to sneak around graveyards and cultivate deadly nightshade from the ground. Now I don't have to anymore, thanks to a revolutionary discovery that gave me a whole new life. What's this? What is this? I am an actual scientist. Using innovative methods, we have created a way to bring deadly nightshade right to your front door. Our potent formula can be used to solve any of your chronic needs. What's this? Made with only organic materials, you can finally have the peace and slumber other medicinals can't provide. What is this? Coming soon to you, Nightshade Gummies! We are Nightshade Direct. We deliver directly to your door with discreet packaging so that your friends and or enemies will not know what you are up to. We are Nightshade Direct. Alright, welcome to the part where we talk about the scores, the meat, and the potatoes of the podcast. We're going to break it down into... Potatoes. <laughs> Boil them, mash them, stick them in, in a stew. stew. <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk about how it scored on entertainment, education, and influence. And keep in mind, these are this is our metric system that we have developed for movies. So n- by no means is this the definitive Mm-mm. proof for the best movies of all time, but we had to come up with a system to stick to. So yep. if you disagree with us, let us know. We'd love to, we'd love to hear your voice. That's and the point score. of the card. If you have a, yeah, if you, you want to post your own score, definitely, you know, chime in. We have Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. That's right. We are the podcast not only to listen to, but we're the podcast that listens. Yes. <laughs> that. that should be our new slogan. <laughs> podcast that listens back. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to kick it off people. with entertainment. And entertainment is judging everything based on the look and feel of the movie, the style, the technique, basically anything that makes a movie genuinely enjoyable. Was it gripping? Did it engage me the whole time? Uh, and... Do I like the movie? What's my general impression? So to kick us off with her entertainment score for this movie, we're going to have Miriam start us off. I easily give this one full hundred. Full, full hundred? Wow. Right out the gate. It's not even a Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> First time we watched it, scrolling through the channels, like being completely biased against it, and there it was. We watched it for 10 seconds and decided to stay there. It drew us in right away. It was so beautiful. This style, the the style is iconic. Uh, the spiral hill, mm-hmm. Jack oh, Skeleton. Yeah. He's not a That's skeleton. True. He's a stylized skeleton. That He's mm. a very brand new look. He's... Yeah. yeah. And then everything else, the score... And the songs themselves. Top notch. Top notch. Absolutely. And the characters. The characters are lovable. They are lovable. Beloved. Oh, you know what? Beloved. You have a really interesting take on Jack as a character himself. As kind of like a good bad guy. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, can you elaborate on that for us? Like, why is that so great for him to be... Well, you were telling me one time that like, oh, Jack is great because he's got like the bad boy vibe. They, oh, everyone loves the bad boy, <laughs> oh, but he's actually man. good, you know. So you can actually. He's the root hero for him. of the story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's he's got the the coolness of a bad guy. Yeah, I was thinking about it this he's the week. Pumpkin King. Uh, that he 
he's such a goth. <laughs> yeah. And he... You don't say. He's they, so, like, yeah. deep and broody and moody and... Yes. Goes off and sings and in graveyards. Do you also think you can graveyard. fix him? <laughs> Music is very central and important to his character. That's what goth is. It's not an aesthetic, really. That's a big part of it, but it's music. It's a music style. Preach. I was born out We're, of punk, which is born out of rock. It's. Were, were you a goth, Miriam? Is this what I'm feeling? Is I this am what? a goth in my heart. In your heart. <laughs> so much. Oh, Maybe not As, externally, but. I've never been brave enough to do it, though. Like. <laughs> would you sew your arm back on? <laughs> As Jen from the IT crowd would say. Goths are people too. Yes, Goths are and that the same type of character as Richmond yeah. from the IT crowd. That people look at him and whoa, you're scared of him. He's uh, different. He's different. You're weirded out by him. But he's very kind and personable, and he's not satanic and evil. Everyone may look at him and think that he's that way, be off put by him, but. No, he's he's still a person, and he still is, yeah, kind. And mm-hmm. you should really try Cradle of Filth. It's my favorite band. It's my favorite. Band. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that that <laughs> is a, that is a pretty near universal experience with goths. Mm. Is that they feel like people judge them and are really scared of them, but they have nothing to be afraid of. I'm a nice guy. (laughs) And I think that added something to this movie is that, you know, goths love this, embrace this so much because it is so relatable. Yeah. It's the song of their people. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, I'll go into this category next. I gave it an 82, which on our scale means awesome. Awesome. I think entertainment wise, this is an awesome film. I mean, just for, like, the stop motion alone was so impressive, so well Mm -hmm. done. Got to give it good score for that. I really love the look and feel, the style of the movie. It's just so consistent, you know, um, with Halloween Town looking all the same. We talked about earlier, like, the directives they followed. And then I like that there's a little bit of respite from that with Christmas Town. There's a little levity that it brings, and it's a little more Disney-ified at that point. Um but yeah, it just they really nailed the Halloween vibe. That spooky feeling that I just want to watch this movie every Halloween season because it just gets me in the mood, you know? Hmm. Yeah. Um, this is definitely, it's on like every day in my house. Mostly because my toddler asks for it by name. <laughs> but also, I don't mind having it playing all the time. Um, and that says something. There are definitely movies where I mind. Yeah. <laughs> I want to turn it off, you know? I don't get tired of it. <laughs> no, yeah. It never gets old. Um, and that is saying something considering it's a musical. Um, mm-hmm. I think some musicals can, if you, you know, they can get overplayed. But I think the songs hold up in this. And speaking of, uh, something else I give this random points for is that I'm, I'm sort of a theatrical person. I was in a couple plays in high school and college and I always <laughs> thought like, Man, if I could be any role in a play, there was like three top roles, and one of them was Jack Skellington. Wow. If if there was a Nightmare Before Christmas play, I would just kill to play Jack Skellington. I think that would be so awesome. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Let's Let's arrange it. Who wouldn't? Let's (laughs) arrange it. (laughs) Um, And then... I'd be Oogie Boogie. That's what I'd do. Oogie Boogie's a fun one. Uh, Yeah. 
That's who I'd want to be. That'd be zero. Nice. There you go. Yeah. That's it. That's an easy role to play. That's <laughs> okay, I'm good, guys. I've memorized all my There's lines. My lines. Out of here. <laughs> You're a joke. <laughs> I also like the idea of the movie. Just this idea, this concept of the skeleton from Halloween Town stumbling upon Christmas Town, just being so drawn in and enamored by it. And he's so curious. And he just loves it so yeah. much. And he gets so excited. And now he wants to like infuse Halloween with Christmas and take over Christmas and do it himself. He's just like so gung ho. I think that's a really uh, cute idea, you mm-hmm. know, uh, fun to yeah. watch that play out. Um, and just kind of watching these holidays kind of figure each other out, you know? Yeah. Santa's like, what, 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 what is this? <laughs> they bring yeah. him to Halloween town. And he's creeped out by everything. Uh, I just think that's fun to watch. And with that, it has some serious rewatchability. Like I said, yeah. I watch it every yeah, year. That's true. I, uh, that. I, I can't say that about most movies. I mean, I'll rewatch mm-hmm. movies, but I don't watch them every year, you know? Yeah. But see, but is that just because it's a holiday movie? Yes, but there are a lot of holiday movies out there, and there's only a few that become classics, and this one became a classic, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay. Um, okay. Even the, like the, the typical like scary movies, like... I'm not a big horror movie guy, but I, I've never seen like Halloween or Nightmare for or Nightmare on Elm Street. But yeah, so this because it is a classic now, uh, I, I I give it points for that. So yeah. 82 for entertainment. What do you think, Connor? Oh man, I'm time to bring this movie down a peg. Ooh. That's for oh. sure. Boo. I'm gonna give this a solid 55. Oh, wow. okay. Just did you okay. even watch the movie? You know what? <laughs> yes, I did, and I gave that's the reason. <laughs> so obviously, a part of this comes from just my not my disdain, just my utter like apathy towards disinterest. holiday movies. Yeah, disinterest. Just just nothing. I just holiday movies except for mm. Elf. Just I feel nothing. And the Muppets <laughs> and the Muppets Christmas Carol. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, those are my two holiday That's movies. That's an elite That's a good cast one. right yeah. there. Elite lineup. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, though besides those two movies, I'm not a big holiday movie person. And even though this does have a very unique story, we talked about the mixing of Halloween and Christmas like and how they do all of that is absolutely incredible and it it was enjoyable. That's why I gave it a 55 instead of a 45. All right. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was good like I would watch it again, but I have no desire to watch this movie every year. Like I maybe every couple of years, 5 years. 10 years, <laughs> you know, <laughs> once in a lifetime, once in a lifetime. But you know what? Avatar. Like the one time I did watch it, I enjoyed it. And so, and I love the cr- kind of the creative foreshadowing that they do kind of how all the side characters have their own different parts. Like Sally, um, picking up the flower and then she, it was so creative how they did that where the flower turned into a Christmas tree and then it burnt up. And then that was foreshadowing of mm. the horrible things that were to come. If Jack was to take over Christmas and that was, I, I love that kind of like prophecy. ingenuity that like, yeah, the prophecy, just how smart that was. Mm-hmm. But, um, overall, yeah, that's pretty 55. much 55. All right. Where does Andy stand on this? I gave it a solid 90. Whoa, 90. 90. Yeah. So I I'm I'm not surprised. So 
I mentioned earlier that I never saw this movie. I didn't grow up with it. It's interesting. I was born the same year it came out. Hmm. My family never watched it. And I mentioned that I my first time watching was I tried watching it a couple years ago. First time watching it was on Saturday. So but I I think what really got me with this movie was the work that went into it by the uh, the oh, creators. Yeah. I think oh. that alone, I'm like, cause I, I respect that so much when, especially there's so much creative control from their team. Yeah. And like, yeah, you have the Tim Burton kind of idea, but like this team, like, like I, I think Miriam was talking about how stop or stop animation was kind of a lost art at this point. And this movie, like really revived it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was something I, one of my points was like, it was, it was a very pivotal movie for stop stop motion an, animation, um, and with the animation too, I think it really holds up. Mm-hmm. Like I I think throughout my life I've thought that this was a very recent movie, yeah. Not realizing it came out in nineteen ninety three, yeah. I'm like yeah. what in the world? Um, and like it's I think it's gonna look the same way in twenty years. Absolutely. One thing that I yeah. like I I look at some. I haven't really watched that many stop motion movies, but you know, like I look at maybe some of the more modern ones that start implementing a more like CGI into it. CGI, you can date CGI pretty quickly, mm, right? Yeah. But I feel like with this one, it's not present. I don't know if it's present at all. Like I couldn't tell you, but it's it's pretty timeless because it kind of lends to the style of the film itself. Yeah. So like, it's what I put was it looks so real. the animation <laughs> holds up and it looks like it's supposed to. Yeah. yeah. For exactly. A, a stop animation movie. Well, put. Um, and I mentioned the creative control that they they had when they were making this, and like with the with Disney kind of breathing down their neck. Um, and then last minute when the movie's complete, they're like, Ooh, we, you know, kids can't see this. We don't want the Disney name on it. Like this is too dark. And then, yeah. you know, the instant it becomes a classic Disney's like, Oh, we got to put our name on this. We got to make sure everybody knows <laughs> Just this kidding. came from our yeah. studio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, really um, stood under touchstone pictures. At yeah. First. Mm-hmm. And then I think. Wait, it was us. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. <laughs> wait, just kidding. It was me all. This was it, Tim Burton. Um, yeah, so I think just the, the style of the movie, I, I just love it. Um, and like going on that point of it being like a just a classic Halloween movie, like I, I'm a stickler for needing like some solid movies to watch each holiday. And I never really had that many for Halloween. Like, I can't think of many. Like, I'm like you. I'm not like the biggest horror fan. Like, I don't want to like sit down and be like, oh, I love these slasher movies. You know, I want mm-hmm. something more fun, lighthearted. Yeah. And you know, people, you know, probably debate me on this, but like Hocus Pocus, like eh, I can get tired of Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Mm, but yeah, like, me this too. is a fresh movie <laughs> for mo- for me. It'll make yeah. you fall in love with Halloween. Yeah. And like, I I think the story is. Decently original. It reminds me of The Grinch in a way. It's like The Grinch, but like Halloween slash Christmas. I, I, I don't know how yeah. to put it. Um, it just reminds me of that in a way. Um, so, yeah, I think, yeah, so a solid 90 for me for entertainment. So that means amazing. Yeah, wow. I, I would say that's an amazing movie. Amazing movie? Yeah. Wow. Entertainment wow. is amazing. I well, think you're wrong. The, but... the pace of it. Too. <laughs> you mentioned it's okay. the first like full feature or whatever, feature length. Yeah. I think pace too, because like that's something I'm worried about. 
one of my hesitations before was like, oh, like I can't sit through this. But yeah, I like, don't want to get bored. It's yeah, like mm-hmm. it it goes by just as long as it needs to be. It's true. Yeah. The pacing was very well, yeah. very well done in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's only an hour and sixteen minutes. Yeah, that's like, that's all very powerful. Made it tight, beautiful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, one more minute, and it would have been a whole month of shooting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this movie would still be in production. Yeah, <laughs> you go um, to the specials on the DVD, deleted scenes. It's like one scene. One scene. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> one. <laughs> I'm not deleting this. This is my life's work. <laughs> I know. It was an extra part to Oogie Boogie song. Oh, and it, wow. Yeah, it's like 10 seconds. Man. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, man. Well, we have a couple comments from listeners I want to read. Uh, some input. One commenter, Casey Frogger 86 says, Love this movie. It's my yeah. first holiday movie every year. We watch it while decorating for Halloween. I love that it's Halloween and Christmas in one. Doesn't get much better than that. Hmm. <laughs> And then Nick P's underscore AZ photo says, I've only seen this movie one time, but I did really like it. A combination of Halloween and Christmas. It doesn't get any better than that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Everybody, I guess you it know, doesn't get any better than this guy. That's the thing I wanted to say is that the premise of it is what if two holidays collide? That's what they say in the ride, Haunted Mansion Holiday. Two holidays collide, and then you go into the stretching room. When worlds collide. Yeah. <laughs> oh, interesting. But I don't think that premise would work for any other holidays. Like, mm. you don't want to see 4th of July and Easter. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Exploding bunnies? You know what do you mean? <laughs> Wait, I will say, though, Stranger Things pulled off the 4th of July Halloween combo. Oh. Because the third season takes place... Fourth of July weekend, but it's, I mean, it's scary. It's scary. So it's like, oh, yeah. yeah. Which Stranger Things Thanks is a whole new thing, but. <laughs> so, I mean, actually, really kind of crazy is, so, no, I mean, this is one of my wife's favorite movies. Like, mm-hmm. Gigi sat down and was actually pushing for me to watch this movie, knowing that it was going to be on the podcast. She used that as leverage over me, basically. You gotta. She was <laughs> like, for you, Gigi. <laughs> yeah. She, she was basically like, you have to listen to it. All right. Nice she like brought me my notebook so I could like take notes. <laughs> she was like, she's like, you ready now? Brings you your slippers and <laughs> a drink. Some hot cocoa. Settle in. Like, <laughs> but um, we actually, someone gifted us like the Halloween Town Village. Wow. So, what, what is that? What do you mean? Like is Halloween like, Town Village? Is it like yeah. a Christmas village? But so Halloween. it's like a Christmas village, That's but it's Halloween so cool. Town. What? So it has I, like, I gotta see this. It's like the I mayor's, <laughs> the mayor's like house, and you know Jack Skellington's house, the hill. That's so cool. And I see all that. of these like take a picture for us. Uh, it's in a box right now. It's in a box. We'll get it, it out. Set take up. it out. Right now. Oh man! But in my mind, those two things kind of go side by side. As a good mashup, because of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Oh, you mean Muppets Christmas Carol? Because of Muppets <laughs> Christmas Carol. Yes. Scary ghost is, stories and tales of the glories. Yes, it's in that song. That's a thing. Scary ghost stories is a part of Christmas because oh, of interesting. Charles Dickens' of Charles A Christmas Dickens. Carol. Yeah, and Oops. yeah, you get the the morbid, creepy things going on and the Christmas spirit together. One of my favorite lines from Christmas Carol, because our tradition is to read it every year, mm-hmm. is I've always thought of Christmas time as a good time, a kind, forgiving, charitable, pleasant time 
when men and women seem by one consent to open their shut-up hearts freely and to think of people below them as they really were fellow passengers to the grave. Get the spooky, morbid stuff in there with the Christmas spirit that goes together. They balance each other out. But do you know what Christmas Carol doesn't have? Anti-air mortars, guys. <laughs> Artillery. Yes. Yes. Artillery, guys. You need protection for Santa's sleigh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh. All right. Well, moving on to category two. Connor, kick us off with education. All right. So this category is education. So basically, does this story have a, a moral to it? Does it? Is it teaching you something? Is there something you can learn from the main characters or something you should not learn from the main characters really. Um, so for this one, I kind of, I will say that I did actually Google some different educational themes of this movie. Cause mm. I, there was something in it that I was getting from it. I just couldn't quite describe how to do it and basically how to explain what I was to understanding. Describe. <laughs> but basically how I feel is the main educational theme, like the main moral of this, uh, if you could call it a moral, is being an outsider and wanting to capture something beyond what life has given you. Ooh. Wow. Man, so, Connor, you always do something so different in this category. I'm always yeah. like, what, what, what is this? I what get what any is this teaching me? You're like, and then Connor's <laughs> like going all deep. <laughs> you like master this category, yeah. man. Hey, man, I got to master at least one of these things. All right. But um, for real, and that's basically the whole, so like that's summarizing the whole story. You have Jack who is amazing at Halloween. I mean, one of my favorite scenes is when they're coming back into Halloween town after Halloween, you know, and, um, and he has like the pumpkin head on and he lights himself on fire and he jumps and flips into the, into the pond and then, (laughs) and then like comes out and he's in his Jack skeleton form. And it was, that's a, such a great scene. Oh yeah. But, um, and just shows like how good he is, how everyone praises him, and yet he's still searching for something beyond of what like Halloween is kind of the redheaded stepchild of holidays. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh my! And so, <laughs> um, he sees something, he goes, and he finds something else, and he wants more out of it. He wants more than just the life uh, that life has given him. And so he tries and he attempts to get more out of it, and he fails at every step of the way. And at the very end. When he crashes, when he's shot out of the air by the anti-air <laughs> artillery, <laughs> he falls and he falls into the graveyard and he just has this moment of clarity saying, wait, what have I done? I have so many ideas for next Halloween now. Forget Christmas. He's forgotten all about this idea of wanting to move on to something different and he's got fallen back back to where he belongs and to what mm-hmm. he's good at and what he enjoys, really. That's what it is, what he's really enjoys. Yeah. And that's Halloween. I feel like that's something that we can all kind of like figuring out who he is. Yeah, just his purpose. Finding out who you are. (laughs) So, because of that, I will give this a 79. Wow. Wow. 79. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. Okay. Andy. So, I gave the movie a solid 60. Ooh. Brenner education. Um, I didn't get. Any moral message from no? <laughs> <laughs> We're um, not as deep thinkers as Connor. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm not trying to look 
further than what is presented on screen for me. But I, you know, like it, it, every movie doesn't have to have a deep educational message to it. Yeah, um, this is like a, a general story, like a classic Hollywood trope that they kind of throw together, make it into a fun adventure. Um, I, I was just doing like I read like I can't remember where I got this from, like an article on the internet, but. Basically, this this trope that they use is uh, the homesick trope, I think. Hmm. So, like, the main character feels like he doesn't belong. So, he goes Mm, to... Being an outsider. Yeah, being an outsider. (laughs) And then he goes somewhere else, Mm -hmm. right? And he's like, Mm -hmm. oh, wait, I don't actually want this. Um, The grass is always greener on the other side. The grass is greener, yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, he goes back. That's a good message. So, I mean, it's a simple message, right? Yeah, it's very simple. Yeah, it's, you know, it's like kind of pick and choose Hollywood, you know, tropes, but, um, I mean, that's the deepest message I got from it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think there is a little bit, you know, there's a little bit of love and crazy a romance, a little bit of romance, this is a little romantic betrayal. comedy, right? I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean <laughs> as far as romance go, I thought this was a terrible romance. <laughs> yeah. He, like, completely disregards everything yeah, Sally says Sally, I know. She's <laughs> busy, like, poisoning her, her <laughs> Like, going out of her guy. way to save him. And, yeah. Like, and he's just like, oh, like, shut up, Sally. Make me a suit. <laughs> <Make> I'm <laughs> the pumpkin king. You can't tell me what to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I just couldn't, you know, see any, like, deep educational message um but i mean other than that like every all the ideas are portrayed fairly clearly it's you know it's gets its point across i think um but yeah it's it's just a fun movie in my my opinion Mm -hmm. all right miriam what did you think education wise i think that it was i had to think for a while to think what is the actual moral or lesson of this story because does he find the true meaning of Christmas? That's a Mm. common holiday one. No. And I'm happy this one doesn't do that. And, (laughs) you know, his song, uh, Eureka, does he finally understand it ever? No. (laughs) No, that doesn't get resolved. Christmas time still has a special feeling you can't put his finger on. That's not the moral. And the conflict is he's tired of Halloween and then he gets some new ideas and is creatively re-energized. And that's the conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. But that's still not the moral. Mm-hmm. I think that the moral of this movie, the lesson that Jack learns, is to not get so wrapped up in his own enthusiasm and his own perspective, but to think of things from other people's perspective, to listen to other voices. Mm. Wow. Around it. I'm impressed. Oh, oh you're wow. impressed to the master of education? Hot dang. Yeah, wow. 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 Jack has a childlike curiosity and enthusiasm, but also like a child, he's very self-centered. Mm-hmm. He's only thinking about his own viewpoint. He loves Christmas, finds Christmas. What does he think? I want it for my own. Yeah. <laughs> It should belong to anyone. Not anyone, in fact, but me. (laughs) (laughs) Sally tries to confront him twice. And yeah, he pushes her out. He's doing it for his own. I feel so much better. Mm -hmm. That's what he says to Sally. (laughs) It feels good to him. So he thinks it is good. Yeah. But is it good for all the kids? Mm Mm-mm. Is it good for Santa? <laughs> Kidnapped stuff. This is not pack. good for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they're shooting him down. He thinks 
They're thanking us for doing such a good job. <laughs> he's not just oblivious. He's so wrapped up in his own perspective. He's actively denying reality around yeah. him. Zero's wow. barking at him. It's okay, Zero. And, I, like, and when he gets shot down, that's when he finally thinks about it from someone else's perspective. Moment Reality finally hits him. It's, what have I done? Mm. How could I be so blind? He's seeing it with new eyes from other people's perspectives, not just his own. Uh, all is lost. Where was I? He was doing his own thing. And... His, yeah, that that graveyard scene at the very end. Oh man, was it was actually like very well done. It was Poor powerful. Jack it was is hunting. my favorite song. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. Uh, so then he starts thinking of someone else. He's got to go rescue Santa. Mm-hmm. And he tells him, "I'm sorry, I made a mess of your holiday. This is yours. Mm. It doesn't belong to me." And. Santa's advice is, next time, I'd listen to her. Like, <laughs> you need to listen to something. That's some great input from Santa. Get some advice from other people. Listen to other people's voices. And so then Jack has learned his lesson. He is now thinking about other people. He remembers Santa. He goes, and he becomes the full hero. And he rescues Santa and Sally. And then he notices Sally. Sally's... You know, their love story is because mm -hmm. he's selfish. He's self-centered, not mm -hmm. selfish. Self-centered. So he doesn't recognize, does he notice my feelings for him? No, he doesn't notice anything outside of himself. But then once he's learned his lesson to not be self-centered and think about other people, he says to her, oh, you were trying to help me. He now realizes what she's doing. I can't believe I never realized that you. Mm -hmm. And he recognizes her feelings. I guess this is uh, what happens when we bring on someone that actually, you know, loves this movie. Cares so much <laughs> about the movie. Yeah. yeah. That's the Bumping idea behind the, the guest host. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I would say for education. I think that is an excellent moral. And each one of the characters embodies a part of it, has a part to play in it. It works together thematically with the whole story. I'm here to make you love this movie, man. This is a hundred. Another hundred. <laughs> education. Wow. Whoa. Wow. I can guess her next score. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. Uh, well, Miriam, you actually beat me to it. That was the message that I pulled out of this movie really? as well. Yes. Oh. It that much, makes me feel good. That yes. it's, it's not just me making no, stuff up. No, you're right. I love it. <laughs> I think you put it more eloquently and you went deeper into it, but this is definitely the generic moral that i feel like it's teaching us and especially children is to like listen to your friends listen to your elders listen to advice don't just go off and do these crazy plans that you come up with all by yourself don't do that thing it could be dangerous for you it could be dangerous for others like yeah mm -hmm. listen to advice it, it reminded me of the old proverb the way of the fool is right in his own eyes mm -hmm. but a wise man listens to advice and i feel like that kind of summarizes the message of this movie that like in Jack's own eyes, this was great. It seems right to him, but if he had listened to advice that that would have led him to the way of wisdom. Do you so. mean I shouldn't quit my job to become a jazz musician? Yes. All right. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? 
That sounds dumb. Yeah. No, you need to bring jazz to your current job. There we go. That's, that's what the moral of this movie is. That's the moral of it. Now, with that being said, even though I agree with Miriam's message that she pulled out of it, I still only gave this one a 60 in education. I don't mm. feel like it has like the strongest message. I feel like the fact that you guys got different messages out of this movie than we did kind mm-hmm. of lends to that as well. That maybe it's not as strong um, or clear. So, yeah, I gave it a 60. <laughs> with uh, Right in par with Andy. We knew that the same. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I can see that. It's not clear. <laughs> but you as a super fan, as a super fan can really appreciate it. And you can... Draw out from the depths like on the 80th watch, yeah, really, really at home, yeah, Yeah, really. (laughs) You start to notice all the mys and yours, and (laughs) (laughs) all right, final category influence Andy. So, with influence, we're looking for how this movie changed a better society. Did I, you know, look at the impact on pop culture? Um, is it timeless and really the context of the movie with how it connects to history and culture and things of that sort. So my score with influence, I gave it 100. What? 100? Yes. Oh, my goodness. So let me, let me preface it with this. Okay. So growing up, I've always heard. This is Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. <laughs> Never knew where that came from. <laughs> what is that? But, like, uh, what, it's is so catchy. what is this? What is what this? What is this? What is this? What is this? Right? And so finally I'm like, whoa, whoa, hold a, hold the phone. Hold the phone, Sally. It came from Nightmare Before Christmas. This is wild. Like, how have I not seen this movie? Like, there are so many elements of pop culture on Halloween, even Christmas. That I know of and am aware of, but I didn't know it that this movie was the source of it. So I think the impact this movie has had on pulp culture is pretty intense. Pulp, pulp culture? Oh, yeah. Pulp culture. Pulp culture? Pulp culture. <laughs> <laughs> the Vatican is very The Pope yes. approves. The Pope approves this movie. <laughs> on Pop culture, <laughs> right? Third time's charm. You know the, the influence this movie has had on pop culture. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think it's incredible. Um, mm-hmm. The other aspect I was thinking of is, um, I, I it, like, I look back at the example of Disney kind of just slapping their label back on it. They're like, this is a cultural moment um, kind of movie. So we need to make sure our stamp of approvals all over mm. it. Like we they want. recognized its influence. Yeah, Mickey was like, "Oh, ho, 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 I want, <laughs> oh, boy. Ho, 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 boy. Mickey's greedy mitts." Wanted to- <laughs> yes, <laughs> I want it for my own. <laughs> yes, um, uh, and I guess I think the stop motion animation influence this movie had as well like i think it revived it showed everybody like hey this is not a dying art or anything like that and it showed what you know the the potential of this kind of movie and this that kind of um, art yeah Yeah. it's just incredibly difficult 
and takes forever. Time <laughs> grueling, like, <laughs> but it's worth it's it. All right, though. it's definitely worth it. And you know, yeah, definitely. When it's worth well done, and you put you know some some heart into it and some love, a little bit um, love. In yeah, there. you get you get incredible movie, it's incredible movie. Like you this. get the Pope's blessing. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I was gonna edit that part out, but no, I'm no, gonna no, leave it in there no, now. <laughs> yeah, Chris in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, all right, Miriam, what did you think on Influence? Oh, I agree. It it wasn't just popular. It changed the face of Disney. Like, Disney... I went to Disneyland last week, and half of everybody in the park was wearing Nightmare merch. Yeah. Granted, it is October, but... <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's real. Yeah. But this that's huge. Wear. Coincidence? No. It's the 20-year <laughs> anniversary of Haunted Mansion Holiday, okay. where Jack takes over the Haunted Mansion. And that's in Disneyland. So Disneyland, that park, has the ride that gets taken over every year by Nightmare Before Christmas. Really? But then in California Adventure, yeah. the other park, they have a party that's a special extra ticket event. The Boogie Bash. The Oogie Boogie Bash. Yeah. Where people get to wear costumes into the park and go trick-or-treating in the park. And what? the whole, the opening gate of California Adventure is a giant thing of Oogie Boogie. And he talks to the people every once in a while. Boo! Ha ha ha! It's, a, it's huge. So out of California Adventure with all the Marvel stuff and everything, still half the people are all wearing Nightmare Before Christmas merch. And in Disneyland with all the princesses and all of Pixar, Star everything, Wars. Star Wars, everything, still half of everybody was wearing Nightmare merch. Wow. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, that's a unique I was one of them. glimpse. <laughs> yeah. And it had an impact on music. Because this music was very influential and all of the uh, rock bands and goth bands and stuff, they love it. It's part of their influence for all their real bands. So much so that then in, I think it was 2008, Disney came and they got a whole bunch of bands to do Nightmare Revisited. The Jack 2-pack. Yeah, where you can buy the, the original soundtrack for the movie and Nightmare Revisited, which is all of these bands, Korn, Marilyn Manson, uh, it's like singing heavy metal, these songs. Rock bands, yeah. yeah. Really doing these. Doing these songs. Wow, I've never heard of that before. Yes. Yeah, they're good covers. That's, and, you know, being me only listening to Jesus music, <laughs> 15 year old me. That's the first time I'd ever heard anything by any of these bands. So, uh, Kidnap the Sandy Claws by Corn. This is so good. Wow, this is amazing. <laughs> I should listen to bands. more Corn. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. It did influence me. It got me into a lot of uh, different kinds of music that like I nine wouldn't inch have listened to and, because you know. of this. <laughs> wow. So wait, so you give it a hundred? I give it a hundred. Another hundred. You don't say. It influenced movie making. It influenced Disney. What influences Disney? That takes something special. Yeah, that's true. It influenced uh mainstreaming goth culture 
Like it became so much of a thing that goths were like, okay, are you a really a goth or are you just a mall goth? Like you went into Hot Topic. <laughs> mm. and all that's the, a, that's yeah, a good description. You got all the Nightmare Before Christmas that's a really merch. Good. <laughs> 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 oh, it mainstreamed good. it. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll go next. Um, basically, I've kind of already said what I have to say about this topic. The holiday classic thing speaks a lot to influence for me that I watch it every year. And also just kind of what you guys have already been saying as far as around Halloween, Jack is everywhere. Um, I mean, in our neighborhood, half of the decorations for people's Halloween is nightmare before Christmas. It's a blow up of Jack. It's a boogie boogie decoration. Like it's everywhere. Um, so it really, Jack takes over Halloween. He owns that holiday, okay? The king um, of Halloween. And I actually really like that because it makes Halloween less scary, more spooky. I'm a spooky yes. person. I'm not into scary stuff. I'm into spooky stuff. I love the spooky season. And this, like I said, it nails that category. Um, so I'm actually really appreciative that Jack has changed culture in that way. That Halloween is not... Oh, more gory, more bloody, more yeah. mm-hmm. demonic or gross or, you know, creepy. It's, oh, it's spooky. It's it's kind of lighthearted. It's, you know, orange and black, you know? Yeah. And <laughs> it's the colors. It's, you know, so I really appreciate that it's had that influence on culture. Um, and I think that it's it's definitely permeated the culture around spooky season. So for that reason, I give it a 90 Nice. Yes. A 90. Meaning amazing. 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 So, Connor, let us out here, man. What I mean, do you give it? You guys have got to tank this movie. Oh, no. Yeah, you know, like we got 100 over here. We got 100 over there. It's candy, man. We got to, <laughs> I got to tank this one in order to give it a, a fair. Give it some anti aircraft <laughs> power, man. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. Shoot it down. down the imposter movie. <laughs> No, I mean, it's hard to deny the influence that this movie has had. I mean, okay, so literally I knew about Jack Skellington from all the, you know, the goth kids wearing <laughs> wearing his face before I even knew about Nightmare Before Christmas. All the mall goths. All the, yeah, I but love that description. Is that is so funny. Like, yeah. yeah, you go into Hot Topic and it's everywhere, you know, little... <laughs> Little Hot Topic Jack Skellington wristbands and, you know, <laughs> chokers. and <laughs> But, um, I mean, ultimately, to quote Gigi, she said, this movie has a chokehold on our on generation from millennials to Gen Z. <laughs> Ooh, wow. Gigi sounds like, a, uh, I don't know, like someone who writes internet articles or like a politician yeah. or something. Oh, yeah. Don't, mm, don't tell her that. She's going to oh. get some ideas in her head. Oh, no. start. <laughs> I'm an influencer, Connor. I know. Look at the start of the See, they said yeah, that's a great blurb. I could be an influencer. <laughs> <laughs> Gigi, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, but ultimately, it, this movie helped make Tim Burton a household name, too. I mean, obviously, he was already getting there with Edward Scissorhands and Batman and all this stuff. But yeah. This movie has definitely given him a major foothold in uh, pop culture. Yeah. Also known as pope culture. Pope culture. Pope culture. <laughs> the Pope approves. <laughs> I don't know if it the is Pope Tim would approve of this film. Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. its title. Yeah. It ain't uh, Helter, whatever his name is. What? Helton. Helton? What's the what's the director's Henry name? Selick. Henry Selick. Henry Selick's Nightmare Christmas. Uh-uh. Hel- 
Hilton oh, Skelton. Hilton yeah. Skelton. <laughs> uh, Charlie Manson. Charlie Manson. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. But um, I have to give this a solid 73. Ooh, That's good. Very specific. Right. Yeah, it yeah. is very specific. Right on. Yeah, I had to balance it. I had to do all the math, the mathematics, mm-hmm. mathematics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right on. Okay, well, um, let me, I'm going to tally up our scores. Um, All right, guys, so controversy. So lately, oh, do you have Tim, Tim Burton has actually been in the news recently. Really? Um, as of, by recently, I mean the last uh, three to four years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was actually sooner. But people are actually coming out and calling Tim Burton a racist. Have you guys heard about this? The only reason I know about this is Gigi had brought this to my attention and I did, I looked it up a little bit, but um, people were starting to call Tim Burton out because he never casts uh, people of color in lead roles in any of his movies. And he, Tim Burton came out and said, he's like, yeah, you're right. I don't, because they just don't fit my aesthetic. He's like, Mm -hmm. I like these dark things and I like, I want pale people. You know what I mean? Mm. So, like, that's why I'm obviously not going to do it. So it's just very interesting. Like, a, lo- a lot of people in the last couple of years were outraged by that. Like, especially on a, on TikTok. Um, mm. <laughs> because, I mean, obviously he's this kind of this outsider, you know, idol, basically. Like, those, the outsiders, the different, the people who feel count counterculture, you know. Yeah. And then here he is coming out and and having this having statements like this and having starting to have some controversy of his own and in himself. So just interesting. Interesting. Well haven't heard that. Yeah, interesting news. Well, I have tallied the scores and based on our averages for the three categories, we came up with a score of eighty two point four. Meaning this movie is in the awesome camp. Yeah. Mm. It is broken it into is. awesome. And it is third place in our movie lineup so far. What? Under oh Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and Jaws. And it just beat out our other spooky movie, The Sixth Sense. I would agree with that. I was thinking what? when I was like coming up with my score. What? I was I was kind of doing like a battle of like, okay, which movie would I rather watch? Sixth Sense or um, Nightmare Before Christmas. And I was like, I'd rather watch Nightmare Before go Nightmare. Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> really? Right. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I cannot believe that. I would watch Sixth Sense over Nightmare any day of the week. Well, that's mm-hmm. good. Yeah, you offer, uh, you know, the other Your average perspective. perspective. Yep. And speaking of average perspective, I did a tally of our listener scores mm. who responded on Instagram. And they gave this movie, on average, a score of 79.8. So they're right on par with us. They think it's a little more uh, great rather than awesome. Yeah. But we're only like two, three points off. So I think we're pretty close. We're pretty mm-hmm. close, guys. Mm-hmm. We gave it just a little bit more points, but I stand by that. We yeah. are the people's voice. We are the people's yes. voice. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's right. The podcast that listens. The, the podcast that listens. <laughs> no. We are the podcast that listens. <laughs> That's right. To everything. <laughs> we, we hear everything. Oh, God. We hear everything. Oh, man. But yeah, we do hear what you say on our Instagram. So if you yep. want to have your voice heard on the podcast, if you want us to shout out, 
um, some of your comments, then keep up with us on Instagram. Follow us on Chronicles of Critics on Instagram and uh, just interact with our posts and we'll feature your voice. Mm -hmm. And speaking of featuring voices, the reason we did this was because of our listeners, the walkers, specifically Abby and Christina. This is for you guys. You asked and you received. Um, So yeah, we, again, we listen. We want to know what movies do you consider the best movies of all time? We want to rank them. We want to give them our scores. We want to hear from you, and we want to be the voice of the people. The voice of the people! (laughs) (laughs) And next week, we are doing a special episode. We're doing Ladies Takeover. Uh So, my wife Haven, Andy's girlfriend Brandy, and Gigi herself! She's coming, guys! They're going to (laughs) scream on the pod. Big fan, big fan. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to be tackling... Arguably the most classic Halloween movie mm-hmm. to to uh, crescendo the Halloween season. They're covering Hocus Pocus. Mm-hmm. So tune in next week on the Chronicles of Critics. Mm-hmm.